This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. And I know so many of us have questions about what is happening. And I'd like to welcome Dr. Timothy Sly, who is an epidemiologist at Ryerson University. Dr. Sly, thanks so much for being with us. Good afternoon, uh, Libby. Okay, so this is a very fast-moving thing. What's your reaction to the declaration of a state of emergency here in Ontario? Well, it's, uh, I just come off watching uh, from the BBC around the world. It's, uh, it's happening uh, in just about all the provinces, states, uh, regions, countries, in one form or another. It's an attempt to, uh, to, to have the, distance, uh, the, the distancing sort of uh, extend to the country's borders now. This is really what's happening. What we found out is that um, while hand hygiene and, uh, and touching your face and all those other good things are really still important, we found out in the last couple of weeks that the amount of bacteria, the amount of uh, viruses that accumulate in the nasal pharynx, you know, the back of your throat, is far more than they ever would have thought uh, right at the very beginning of the symptoms. Uh, vast amount of uh, virus there. And that almost by, by inference would suggest that those viruses have been there before the symptoms start. And this might tend to go a little bit toward explaining these asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic uh, uh, infections that we're talking about. So it's the air. It's the people in front of you breathing uh, dancing, or rather singing, uh, talking even. Uh, that's where the majority of the infection is probably happening. Okay, um a lot of people have questions about the testing, so I'm going to let Carol in Toronto ask a question. Uh, Carol, hi. Hi. Yeah, but before you go, I see something that you're saying that the U.S. has test kits. We don't. The opposite is true. They are way behind the eight ball on testing, uh, and we apparently are not. So please go ahead and ask your question. Okay. Um, when I was listening, I haven't actually heard what actually happens when they do the test. So I was listening to a broadcast. <clears throat> I listened to all the broadcasts from all the countries, really. And when I was listening to one in the States, they were describing that the person who's doing the test has to put personal protective equipment on. They insert a nasal pharyngeal swab into your, into your nose, to the back of your throat, and then they take it out. But that because during that process people who are being swabbed usually cough right in the face of the person okay, I'm assuming. Well, I, Carol, I'm going to let Dr. Sly answer the question. How of does how it happen? How do we do it? Okay, thanks. Uh, why don't you listen for the answer, okay? okay. I'm going to let you go. Okay. Uh, Carolyn's exactly right. A lot of people have this immediate reaction when they poke, up, poke a, a swab right up the nose to the very back of the nasopharynx, and the reaction is a cough. And uh, the same thing happens at a much larger scale when you intubate somebody, uh, when they're much more serious and you can't get the, when they want to open up the airway, uh, there's an enormous flood of droplets, aerosol into the room, and everybody in the room is uh, exposed. And in an emergency setting, that's what you don't want. So, yes, uh, that's the problem with the 
testing, uh, whether it's at the back of it. Some people's throats are very, very sensitive, and they'll get this uh, cough reaction. So we want to try and stop the poor uh, person giving this swab. That's why they wear a full, uh, full face mask, usually, and a uh, hazmat suit as well. Let's go over who needs a test, because uh, it's actually, uh, at, at least as of yesterday, very, very difficult to get through to public health or telehealth. And uh, people want to know about this. But but if you show up at a testing center without an appointment, you're not going to get a test. And not everybody needs one, right? That's exactly right. And in fact, it's a big sliding scale. In the very beginning, when you only have a, a handful of cases appearing, you may remember that. that that's Believe it or not, that's only about six weeks ago, when about half a dozen cases are there, people are swarming around them. Uh, there's, you're outnumbered as a patient many times by the people in white coats and, and, uh, and masks. Uh, and at that, that point, you, you test everything in sight, all the, all the contacts and the relatives and friends and everything else, because you, you really want to know the extent of what's going on. Then it slowly slides to where we are now, where we're looking at testing people who really are presenting with some pretty obvious symptoms and uh, not just people who think they have a little tickle in the back of their throat because in majority of cases that's a common cold or something like that. So eventually uh, at the end, the third phase is when it's really running rampant, like like we do with seasonal flu in a really bad year, where we don't test everybody at all. We just test a little sample to get an idea and we assume, that's why we use the word ILI, influenza-like illness, and that's the figure that's collected. Uh, can you go over the symptoms and the condition? I mean, having con- can you go over the symptoms, please, that people should walk- watch for? Yeah, um, this is the problem because it's so con- it's so similar in many regards to both the common cold and also, on the other hand, influenza. You. you- we we do get a fever a fever condition with this, which you don't get the common cold. You do with influenza. You get a dry cough here, whereas frequently with a a cold or influenza, you get a, a productive cough. You know, there's phlegm down there. These are differences. Uh, and it, we get aches and pains not so much with uh, the COVID. Uh, you do with influenza, not so much with the common cold. And uh, um, you'll get. Um, uh, uh, there is a beginning to see diarrhea now a little bit, but, but not not so much. We don't get that with a common cold at all. So they do separate out a little. What so about really, sorry? What about shortness of breath? Shortness of breath is going to come. That's the that's the predominant one. That's the one that doesn't appear in either common cold or influenza, and that's probably the predominant one that people would say, ah, uh-uh, something happening here. Now, ultimately, that may progress into uh, in a very small number of people into pneumonia, especially if you're older. But uh, shortness of breath, difficulty getting the oxygen into the lungs. Uh, How would somebody tell the difference between shortness of breath uh, brought on by this or, um, you know, wheezing from asthma? Well, actually, that's the question, Libby, you should be asking uh, a medical doctor who's dealing with patients specifically. It's a little bit outside of my range, but asthma, you can't get the air in or out. That's a wheezing. The, the, air, 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 the airway is closing down, clamping down, and you still have to get the air in or out. Shortness of breath means that they're really gasping. They really can't get enough of the air into the lungs. Uh, and, and so they are in distress. So somebody will actually put a mask on them, and that makes it far worse at that point. They're actually suffering from not enough oxygen getting in there. 
Okay, uh, we are starting to run out of time. Anything you want to leave us with, Dr. Sly? No, I think the, the main purpose of all of this uh, uh, social distancing is the medical system. It's not just another sector of society. The fact that it's a disease and we rely on the medical system to help us. In a large hospital, you have, may have a thousand uh, nurses, for example, and at 30%, you could see 300 of them off, and no hospital can run with that kind of thing. Uh, another hundred may be off because somebody in their family is already is, is positive and they're in the quarantine. So now with 40% of the nurses and the medical staff and the laboratory people off, no hospital can run like that. At the same time, at the front door, you've got 700 people and families with their relatives all in tow wanting to be let in for some attention. You can see the the impossibility of that kind of situation. So that's the top priority. Okay. Dr. Timothy Sly, thank you so much. And audience, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow with more of the information and updates that you need on this emergency situation. That's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.